We don't beat you over the head with our opinion, and we listen to yours. The new face of talk radio, Voice America Women's Radio Network. Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. This informative and entertaining show will start your mornings off on the right foot. Here's your host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone. Oh, I'm Catherine Zox with my host, my co-host, Lauren Beller. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning. How are you this morning, Lauren? We're on Voice America Women's Network, aren't we? <laughs> we are. Good morning, Catherine. I'm we doing had well. Some, yeah. Lauren and I have had some technicals this morning, but I guess we're on, right? Um, well, at least with each other. We are, yeah. So, how, you know, I have lots to talk about. Our guests, our two guests aren't coming on until the first one's at uh, the quarter break, right? And the topic is resiliency, which I think is a good topic for women. Resiliency, don't you? Every day we need it. Every day (laughs) we need to be resilient, every from minute to minute. So we've got Michelle Yozo Drake from the kitchen to the corner office. Mom's wisdom on leadership. She's the first one. And Karen Samuelson, the bounce back book: How to Survive in the Face of Adversity, Setbacks, and Losses. So this applies to all of us. But I have to ask you, Lauren, because this has been bothering me all week. And resiliency is the perfect topic for this. I keep seeing all this stuff. And now, you, because you have, you are the expert, you're my expert on child rearing right now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yes, amongst other things. Two-year-old little girl. Um, I see all this, and I saw this on one of the major networks a couple, probably three weeks ago. There's this whole thing about child-proofing your house. Oh, yeah. And now, Lauren, I find that not only are you supposed to, as a parent, child-proof your house for toddlers, but you hire, you can actually hire people. You can. Yes, there's chi- uh, professional child-proofers. Well, let Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. What was your question? All right. My question is, I see this program. They have child-proofing. You put rubber... Uh, you put Bumpers. Rubber stu- rubbers on every corner in the house. Exactly. You lock your toilet so they can't jump in the toilet bowl and drown. Uh, you cover up every window and lock it up and lock up and cover up every electrical plug and every cupboard has to be locked, etc. What does this do? This goes against the grain, or not just the grain, it goes against the theory or the theoretical framework that I was brought in in terms of Raising children and learning how to take care of yourself and learn. I agree with you 100%. I, when I saw that you could child-proof your home two and a half years ago when I moved to Austin and picked up a parenting magazine, I said, what is this world coming to? We can't teach kids not to put their fingers in the sockets, and we can't teach kids not to, you know, stick their head in the toilet. <laughs> Don't jump in the toilet, honey. Not a good thing. <laughs> and, and, Lord, I'm thinking, what happens? And this is really serious. Okay, so you've locked up your toilets and your cabinets, and, you know, the kid is never gets a bruise. What happens when he's four or five and he goes over to some somebody else's house and their toilet bowl isn't locked up, they're going to jump in. They don't have any experience. I mean, that's how you learn yourself how to take care of yourself and then you generalize it to other situations. I would think I agree with you 100%. Now, I have to say that I did not hire a professional baby proofer to do my house. I did do two things. Um, I did put some of the... uh, the little safety things in the electrical outlets that were like crawling height. So, you know, in the room that she played in, I said at this point they're out and she knows she doesn't even pay attention to them. And the other thing that I did, there was one other thing that I did. And they're, and let's, they're out and she's two, so now she's going to learn. I mean, yes, she's, she's, yes, she doesn't you don't, play with them. She yeah. does, and I tell her, you don't play with them. Now, I also have, and I had a friend over last night, and I, um, she pointed this out. I have a wine rack in my house that holds 10 or 12 bottles of wine, and it's been sitting there since way before she was born. And she's, my friend said to me, this would never work in my house. I'd have to put it away till the kids were 12. And I said, well, you know what? I didn't want to put my nice wine rack away till my child was 12. I just taught her from day one. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> we don't go near the wine rack. And now she goes over and she says, no, no, no. She says it to me now. You know, she'll tell me, no, 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 no wine rack. And I'll say, yes, yes, yes for mommy. No, no, no for Sierra. <laughs> and she gets it. And she gets it. And yeah. she learns. And she knows. And so when she goes to another kid's house that has a wine rack, 
until she's 12, then she will go. <laughs> exactly. Then just say, um, it's my turn now. Yeah, right, exactly. But don't, uh, it's, I think, it, and it's getting worse. It's sort of I like agree crazy. with you. Yeah. Now, I did see a number this morning that scares, this it does scare me. We have a, a hot tub spa on our back deck, and it does scare me. We have no safety thing around it. Like, I worry that she loves the hot tub. She loves to go in it. Now, I do get concerned that as she's bigger, like three years old, through four years old even, that she'll be strong enough to open it and get in without me knowing. And that I, scares me. Yeah, that does d- scare me. Very different situation. I mean, because the hot tub is like a swimming pool, or I would consider it in that exactly, category. Exactly, yeah. And I saw numbers this morning that said that it's... It's we, not the toilet. I mean, you don't yeah, jump in the, the toilet, toilet bowl. Exactly, I'm, yeah. It's, there's <laughs> things that we do that go overboard. But that is one that I do. I have, I'm, trying, like, I'm trying to figure out in my mind, how do we keep her away from that so that it's not... There's not... It would be... You know, that would be horrific, but... Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, anyway, scary yeah, but there is, um, I agree, we, it's like let's teach them the basics of functioning in a normal household. You know, some people put those hooks on every cabinet. I didn't put them on anything. I, I did move some of the poisonous stuff out from under my kitchen sink so that, you know, if she was going to go under and play, it wouldn't be a big deal. So I think it's important to teach kids the basics of, you know, this is not okay, that's okay, and it gives them boundaries for future adult life. Boundaries, you know, boundaries is always the key word. We always get back to that. I think you're absolutely right. And the other thing, Lauren, is maybe it's an excuse for parents, you know, they uh, don't, I mean, you have to keep your eye on the kid. I mean, you have to watch your children. Whoever you hire to watch your children, they also have to keep an eye on your child. So, I mean, there's no substitute for that and then teaching them what's right and what's wrong and what you can touch and what you can't touch. Exactly. And And the other thing that I did is I did put little rubber things on the end of my coffee table for the kind, like, for the first like six months when she was walking, because she kept bonking her head on it. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, finally we took them off, and they left little marks. We had to you know go get Gooby gone or whatever it was called to get it off, and it's fine. You know, they've been off for months now, year you know a year probably. And but that was like my own peace of mind, so she didn't you know dent her head, <laughs> <laughs> which my oldest son did, bonked his head on the oak coffee table, and oh. and they had this huge huge golf ball thing, but he never did it again, yeah. um, and he was fine. He was okay. But um, I, I think, you know, and it is difficult for parents today because, like, working mother's part, working part-time, you have somebody else taking care of the baby or the toddler, and you're afraid that maybe, you know, it, or maybe a little bit reluctant to not cover everything up. But I don't think that's a good idea. Anyway, I have a website. For, I, I interviewed this lady on my show, on one of my, on my other show, care.com. This is like, and I, I've been saying, I'm dying to tell Lauren. I said, well, instead of telling her, we'll talk about it on the show today. Care.com. This woman, who is an entrepreneur, woman, female entrepreneur, went to Mount Holyoke, graduated with honors, dual degree, Harvard Business School and Harvard Law School. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Started this business. You talk about a business and there's a need. I think the business is it's a few years old. I'm not sure. I'm going to say the, the 90s, but um, maybe 10 years old, maybe not quite. But anyway, what she does is, and it's an Internet service. You may need it someday. That's why I'm telling you about it. They, she has a company where she provides babysitters, nannies, caregivers for the elderly, tutoring, and pet care. Wow. You Google in your um, zip code. And what comes up is a list, whatever, let's say you want nannies in your zip code. And, and uh, so you Google it, put your zip code in, and a list of maybe 200 nannies will come up. They've all, the, how much they charge, uh, their experience, they've been checked out to see whether they're sex offenders or, uh, you know, they have been in jail or whatever that is. And then you can check them out, too, so it's like a double checking yep, out. Yep, Is it? Very great, cool. isn't it? Great, great, great. And there's more and more services like this. That's how I found my nanny through a nanny service. And it's not open like this. They actually do the screening, and they, you know, it's not it's not open like it's a web based product. But the, it's I think local. It's, yeah. But the hers is national. It's looking like hers is national. Hers is if you ever get stuck. And I thought of you, and I think great. of all my friends and the colleagues, young women. Go to it. I mean, this definitely is very, and you can. And she's got a lot of information about who she has in the company, and um, it, it's just. I just thought it was fantastic. It's great. I'm on it right now, and also for cleaning services. Yeah, I see it. all kinds of services. Yes, all the things that you need that you're like that you feel very dependent on 
people to help you out. And if you get stuck, it's like, oh, what am I? Oh my God, what am I going to do? Well, you can, yeah. Pet care, senior care. She's got it all. She has it all. That's care.com. Talk Take about resilience when you're like down and out. This is the site to go to. Yeah. <laughs> Who can help me? What great marketing. Hey, ladies, when you're down and out, go to care.com. Yeah, because you need someone to help you. Yeah, you do. And you also, you could go before you're down and out. It's you know, true. you could plan ahead a little bit. But I just thought that was very cool. I, I just, I was really impressed by that. Anyway, so care.com. Very good. Yeah. Thanks for the tip. Yeah. And uh, see, I have some pretty good tips. You do. Well, because I've been there, right? Absolutely. We have uh, actually our next guest, who is part of our resiliency program today, is uh, already called in, but we do have to take a break. Lauren and I have to take a very short break. I know you'll miss us, but we will be back in a minute with Michelle Yozo Drake from the kitchen to the corner office, Mom's Wisdom on Leadership. Don't go away. Talk with you, not at you. We're Voice America, Women's Radio Network, the new face of talk radio. We talk with you, not at you. We're Voice America, Women's Radio Network, the new face of talk radio. Are the days passing by faster than you can believe? Do your kids, job, pets, family, errands, and life demands leave no time left for you? Listen to Life Tune-Ups with Lauren Slocum each week. You can have it all, balance it, and truly enjoy your life. Be ready to have fun, laugh, and learn from celebrities and everyday heroes. We don't need an entire life overhaul, just a little bit of tweaking for our lives to be what we want. Life Tune-Ups with Lauren Slocum, every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Women's Network. Your life is waiting for you. Experts say everybody is addicted to something. Did you know that addiction affects about 15% of our country's middle class population? How many people do you know who are dependent on some kind of substance? Would you guess your friends, your neighbors? How about your family? You may be surprised. Many of us live with chronic pain, which has made us drug dependent, prescription drug dependent. Others struggle with alcohol, methamphetamine, and cocaine addiction. Do you have a chronic pain problem? There is another way out. Tune in each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time for a new prescription for health with Dr. Richard Gracer on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Radio that talks with you, not at you. Voice America, Women's Radio Network. You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. Welcome back to The Catherine Zox Show. I am Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone with my co-host, Lauren Beller. And now joining us is our guest. Um, Our topic today is resiliency for both of our guests. Michelle Yozo-Drake, author of From the Kitchen to the Corner Office, Mom's Wisdom on Leadership. Um, Can a perfect loaf of bread provide a lesson in leadership, or can a Thanksgiving meal provide insight into organizational structure? Mom thinks so. Apply simple truths from mom to the workplace for limitless success. Considered one of the most demanding jobs in the world, Why are we so quick to discount the feminine wisdom of moms when tackling workplace issues? Well, we're going to ask Michelle all about that. She is the expert, has over 20 years of experience in the field of strategic communication. She's an internationally recognized speaker and coach to both men and women professionals of small companies and Fortune 100 companies. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on this morning, Michelle. It's great to be here, Catherine. So you're the mom. Mom expert. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess so. All right. So tell us. The premise of the book is that you take your mom skills and bring them right into the boardroom, and you can do you that. Just you have all the organizational skills. You know how to talk to people. Um, You have skills. I think a lot of moms don't even realize that even if 
they haven't been in the workplace, but they've been running a household, that they have these skills, right, Michelle? Bingo. That's, yeah. that's the big light bulb moment for the book, is that even um, that just by observing your mom, by having a mom or by being a mom, you have all the t- tools that you need to be the most incredible manager, um, the most incredible contributing employee, or the most incredible entrepreneur that you could be. Right, so what are the skills? What should we be looking for? I mean, we're, say we are the mom, you know, mm-hmm. analyzing our own skills or looking at our mom or our grandmothers, as you say, but looking at other women who have run households. What are the kinds of things we're looking for in those skills that we can translate into the workplace? Well, the things that you're looking for is really how your organization, this organization that is the longest standing organization that is in existence that we call the family, how you play your role or your mother played her role in that organization. Were you in charge of negotiations? I would say yes. Were you in charge of um, event planning? I would say yes. Operation Holiday Dinner, as you describe it. Absolutely. Um, Were you challenged to learn new skills in order to be able to be effective at your new role as a leader of your organization? My mother couldn't cook at all when she got married. My father had to stop and get a slice of pizza every day on the way home from work. (laughs) She had to challenge herself to learn the skills that were going to um, make her organization more rich and more full. And she married an Italian man who was accustomed to very fine cooking, very good cooking. And so she had to learn those skills. And she wanted to recreate the, um, you know, the, the cultural experience that he had growing up for her children. And so she had to stretch um, because she grew up in a home where, there, where the mom didn't cook. My mother grew up in a 70-room home. My great-great-grandfather was vice president of the United States on my mom's side. And, and so, so who she, was that? Uh, James Schoolcraft Sherman. Right. And, go ahead. So and she so, grew up with a lot of help in the house. Exactly. Yeah. She didn't go in the kitchen. Her mother didn't go in the kitchen. Now she marries my father, who's the son of Italian immigrants, you know, grew up over the deli on, on uh, Main Street right outside of New York City. And, uh, and the expectation was, you know, this is how we come together as a family. We come together in the kitchen. And she didn't know what she was doing. And she learned at the elbow of, of my Aunt Marie and my Nana and my Aunt Jenny. And they brought her in and they helped her learn a new skill. They helped her step I hope, up. I Michelle, that she also learned, since she came from that kind of a background, that she could hire help also and manage them. That's another way of doing it. But you know what? They didn't. She could have. But she chose, had she chose to marry someone else, she could have. Their economic situation wasn't that, such that that was an, op, you know, a, an option when, when she got married. And so she was really forced into learning these new skills. And I think that one of the things that that taught me was this incredible uh, ability. My mother is fearless in her own soft-spoken. She's a nurse, you know, retired nursery school teacher in her own playful way. She is fearless, and she imparted that to us, and she's fearless in her challenges. You know, what do, what do we as moms do for the teams that we manage? You know, that's another thing to look for. We are cultivating teams every day as a mother. That's and our teams, and I think that's an important point because I think what happens, too, in our households, things change very quickly. I mean, your mother learned how to cook, and then maybe when it, you know, then you get pregnant and you have a baby, and the whole organizational structure changes, and you have to change with it and be creative and, and, and make a, another team that works. Absolutely. I'm the oldest of five children. And so, my, you know, my mother really did have to uh, make those adjustments, but she also knew that she had mentors. She had people that were there to help her and that she could lead sometimes and follow other times. I think that's something that um, as women, when we can come together and work together, we get that. Um, Michelle, you talk about in the book, and I think maybe we're, we obviously we're discussing it as we now, but lipstick leadership, and, like, and you can go to lipstickleadership.com. What is lipstick leadership? Now, lipstick leadership is that distinctly, you know, feminine perspective on how we lead. I have a, a um, 
free newsletter at LipstickLeadership.com. But in the book, Lipstick Leadership was the place that I got this amazing opportunity to interview other women so that in the book there are other women's stories about what they've learned from the women in their life that have translated into skills that they use every day in the workplace. Like one of my favorites was was um, an executive uh, from the conference board, and um, she told me when I asked her, what did you learn from your mom or as a mom that you use at work? She said, I learned that everyone could use a nap and a snack sometimes. <laughs> she said, when I'm in a board meeting and, and they start to glaze over, I give them their nap in the form of a break, and I bring food in for their snack, and then they're good to go, just like my kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's very all right. So I like that one, very clever and very true, and Absolutely. very practical. I mean, these are very kind of practical things that you have in the book, women in their their lipstick leadership stories. Also, mm-hmm. Michelle, um, if anybody's listening, they and they have a story, they can go to the website, right, and and tell their story about uh, how their moms. Um, you know, the skills that they learn from their moms translated into the workplace? Absolutely, because this is the first in a series of books. This book focuses on leadership, but there'll be, bo- there'll be Kitchen to the Corner books that all focus on teams and on communication. And so we are always collecting the mom stories for the Lipstick Leadership section. So they can either go to LipstickLeadership.com or they can go to KitchenToCornerOffice.com, and I would love to hear your stories. That's great. LipstickLeadership.com. Um, I might have a story to send to you. Good, <laughs> I can good. I talk about on the air. I can, I'll, I'll email you the story. Excellent. But, uh, okay, so you can submit your mom's wisdom to LipstickLeadership.com. Now, women, one of the things, you know, before we have to say goodbye, um, women negotiate different than men, I mean, in the workplace, for instance, and you talk about that. Uh, women are relationship-oriented. Uh, different than men, you say that they're transactional when, in, when they're doing their negotiations, um, and, which doesn't surprise me. But can you talk a little bit about that? Because I, um, I think that's an important point in terms of how women negotiate their workplace, uh, whether it's in corporate America or even as entrepreneurs. Oh, absolutely. I think that... For, for uh, one of the big revelations, I think, for women to understand in their negotiation skills is what the word no means, because it means something different to a man than it does to a woman. So as women, when we negotiate, we don't like to say no. We really want to say yes, and we say yes a lot, which is a whole other story. Um, but we when say yes we, too much? Yeah, yeah, we definitely say yes too much. But when we get to the place that when we say no, no means no. No means I've polled my sisters, I've talked to my mother, I've taken a survey with my peers, I've taken a look at what my customers want, I've researched this thoroughly on the Internet, and I do not want this. A man, when they say no, it means tell me more. You haven't approached me in the right way. Uh, you haven't given me a compelling enough argument. They go to no pretty quickly, but they don't mean it in the same way that women do because they've gone to it quickly. So you can reapproach. Um, usually in a negotiation setting, you can reapproach a man with a different perspective, a different way to connect your information, a different way to uh, pitch the idea or concept or product that you're selling. Um, for a woman, when she gets to know, you need to go to the next customer. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very different process, and I hadn't heard it quite said that way. So uh, men's no is more focused more focused on, like, this. Is, whatever you presented to me is no, but there's a whole lot of stuff out there that may be yes, so present it in a different way. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. When a woman says no, she's already gone through the research, mm-hmm. she's already done, you know, she doesn't want to have anything to do with whatever you're presenting, and it's over? Yeah, because, it's, because it doesn't come naturally for us to say no. But it does come naturally, Michelle. You know, I'm thinking about in the home. Take your kids for, and we, Lauren and I were talking about safety issues before you got on the air mm-hmm. with our kids. Now, moms in particular, 
boy, you can say no to your kids if it's something that you deem as dangerous. You can't drink and drive. You can't, you know, go to somebody's party. You can't do this. And we say no pretty quickly, and we're pretty, we're very strong about that. Now, we should be able to translate that kind of no into the workplace. Absolutely, absolutely. But that no, that, that's exactly what I'm saying. When you, when you say no to those things, are you going to change your mind? No. Absolutely, because no means no. And so when we get to no, we mean it, it's not changing. And, yes, we need to be able to bring that strong conviction. You know, the concept of, you know, we would lay down our life for our child, that strong conviction of a mother to the workplace. I have a, um, and actually didn't make the book, but it's a, it's a story about uh, my son's college hunting process. 30 seconds, can you tell us? I could tell Tell, I can tell abbreviated, uh-huh. and I can come back another time. <laughs> <laughs> You'll come back, yeah. yeah. Um, my son struggled. He lost a friend in when he was 16. Grades plummeted, and then when it came time for him to look at colleges, he wasn't positioned well. And so one of the things that I did in the process of college searching with him was I wrote a letter on his behalf, which I didn't do for my other child, um, it's not normal. It's not a, a regular way of doing things. Kevin did his own essay, but I wrote uh, an, a letter, and basically it was a sales letter, but it was a letter explaining about what my child had been through and who he was before this loss of his best friend and then who he was during and then who he was after. That letter was a sales letter. That passion of a mother got him into his top school in combination with his interview, um, but despite the fact that he did not have the grades to get in, he didn't even have close to the grades to get in. So now he, he got, got out of the box, not just as a mom, but really as a, as a, as a, as a manager. You put it into a business a, a framework, I guess, is what you're saying, right? Exactly. Yeah. Now, and he got a 3.8 his first semester at that school, so he did belong in that school. And he was capable of it. But if I, as the manager, hadn't been an advocate for him, he probably wouldn't have gotten it without my recommendation. That's great. I love that story. Have to say goodbye. Michelle Yozo-Drake, From the Kitchen to the Corner Office, Mom's Wisdom on Leadership. You can purchase the book online, bookstores everywhere. And don't forget to go to LipstickLeadership.com if you have a story to tell because there are going to be many more books. Have a great day. Thanks, Catherine. Bye-bye. We're going to take a short break, Lauren and I, on Voice America Women's Network. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone. Talk radio that informs, entertains, and enlightens you. Voice America, Women's Radio Network. JackLaLane.com presents Jack LaLane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Each week, Jack is joined by Elaine LaLane and his nephew, bodybuilder, kinesiologist, and personal trainer, Chris LaLane, to answer your questions and help you overcome your fitness roadblocks. That's three times the diet and fitness know-how. Three times the entertainment. Tune in every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific to Jack LaLane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. We all have issues. Parenting, addictions, disorders, anxiety, stress. How do we expand on what's working and improve what's not? Let Quantum Leaps with Beth Wilson bring you a high-energy approach to personal growth and creative life change. Listen every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Women's Channel. Let Beth bring you back to sanity with a blend of humor and perspective so you can make the change you need. Quantum Leaps with Beth Wilson. Thursdays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time, here on Voice America Women's Channel. For the most current and up-to-date information and options in childbearing, family health, and parenting, tune in to Celestia Renese's Timely Topics in Childbirth, broadcasting every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you don't know your options, you don't have any. We don't beat you over the head with our opinion. And we listen to yours. The new face of talk radio. Voice America Women's Radio Network. You're 
listening to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. Welcome back to The Catherine Zox Show. Thanks for joining us this morning, Catherine Zox and Lauren Beller. We are on Voice America Women's Network. I'm your social worker with a microphone. Did I already say that? I keep saying it. I can't remember whether I said it. But we our next guest. Well, our topic for today is resiliency, which has to do, I guess, you know, women and resiliency, important topic. But uh, specific, especially with this book, the Bounce Back book, um, which is a great, I read this book yesterday, and I was like writing down all this stuff because all of it applies to me, Karen Samuelson, and she is not only an author, she also has her own radio show. She's a relationship expert, a radio personality, described as a quirky and dynamic author, Uh, and Deepak Chopra says of her book, Karen Samuelson's writing is bold, playful, insightful, with powerful metaphors that provide and inspire. They do inspire. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on this morning. Thank you. It's great to be here. So, inspire us, Karen. All we have to do is read this book, and I do have to say it's the bounce back book, and it's the cover is made out. It's it's it bounces back. It's it's rubber. Yes, it's it's red rubber. I do that because I, I create self help for people who would normally be caught dead reading self help. It makes it like fun to read, so you don't feel like a spoonful of eye candy helps the self help medicine go down. You know, was this your idea? Because it's a very it's very clever. I like. Oh. It. Yeah, I used to be in advertising, so I art direct my books, and I've had, like, one of my big bestsellers is called How to Be Happy, Damn It, and that book also was very designy, and I spoke at design conferences about that book, because I want to make the experience of reading a book enjoyable, especially if you're going through something, you know, I wanted to make it sort of a lively read as you're sitting there feeling like the world is coming down at you. Yeah, and you, and you talk about yourself personally. You talk Well, first of all, the vortex. Describe the vortex. Because you say vortex is, is what you're describing right now is when we really feel or we've been through some kind of a crisis or a tragedy and it's a downward spiral. And you say at least most of us go through that at least once in our lifetime. I would say more than once. Probably more than once, yeah. yeah. And you have your own experience of a vortex, so... It's, it's sometimes you feel like everything's coming at you all at the same time. And I've spoken to people, especially after having my own vortex, and everybody's like, oh, my God, I, I remember what my vortex was, you know. And mine was a series of things, but um, the culmination was a sexual assault, um, which I was dealing with for, um, for the last couple of years. And then I decided to write this book because, you know, as a self-help book author of many books on happiness, it was kind of... Um, interesting to feel myself being so you know challenged by this and i wanted to really understand how to bounce back for myself and then you know use all of that i i I learned to help others and that's what um inspired this book and and actually and you when you went through this and the sexual assault i mean you had some real difficulty bouncing back so i mean you i mean you really have had this Oh, I, I do understand. I do. The book is for, it doesn't have to be about sexual assault. It could be about anything. You know, it's about divorce or illness or, you know, I have a lot of um, friends, sadly, who have had cancer. And they also um, benefit from a lot of the resiliency psychology in this book. I think you could so. plug in any anyone, you know, anyone's individual vortex is. I mean, I plugged in divorce. I mean, that for me was, was uh, this. That would be my vortex, and uh-huh. all of this <laughs> applies. And sometimes you have – it applies to – you don't have to have also, I think, um, Karen, major a major crisis necessarily, but this is like day-to-day stuff, you know, when you have a bad day at work or you had a fight with your partner or whatever. All of these um, – what would you call them? These little tips you well, call them? I guess tips, they're, 75 they're bounce back assignments. Assignments. Um, yeah. First, I start off in each chapter – do you hear that? I do. I'm really sorry. Is that your little dog? Talkative dog. <laughs> no. Wants to be on the show. <laughs> I know. Upstaged by my my Jackawawa. Well, I have uh, your your dog, and my co-host has her baby. So uh, yeah. okay. <laughs> a two-year-old, Lauren. But so, so the book is about um, it is about really stress reduction, and that's where it could help you during the day, no matter what. You know, a, a lot of what I talk about, you can apply, you know, even after you have been recovered, just to make sure that you stay in a happy mood. But some of it, like my very first tip, which I call the forward, is all about 
just trying to, to address your thoughts, to be forward-thinking. You know, that if something happens and you think about the past, just tell yourself, no, forward forward and then think of an action that you can do that can move you forward. I also recommend things like 120 second recharging uh, tips. So it only takes, you know, two minutes to get yourself back into a good frame of mind. So, you know, for 120 seconds, you know, go to a funny website or call a funny friend. Do something that can help you change your energy state. What are, that, that going forward thing, I think that works for me. I really honed in on that one. So give us an example of going forward. Because we tend to want to ruminate about the past. You also talk about rumination. But uh, so how do we go forward? You know, we're going over and over and over what happened and, and what well, you know, I also and, Yeah, I say in the book that uh, you can really get yourself depressed if you ask yourself depressing questions. You know, so, and this has to do with with going forward. You can ask yourself questions like, why didn't I? What if? Why me? You know, these questions don't have good answers. And you wouldn't accept these questions if somebody else outside of you asked you them. You know, these are mean questions. So you have to ask yourself bounceable questions that help you bounce up. And these are forward-thinking questions like, what can I learn from this? How can I move forward? Why is this actually a good thing that this happened? What am I excited about in my future? How am I a better person because of this? These are all questions that help you be directed to a forward place in your life. That don't so as you say, on. you're not making yourself the victim. You are, and I think one of the, uh, the, the, the bounce-back assignments was so that you're not the victim, but you're, you're educating yourself rather than victimizing yourself. Yeah, be a student, not a victim. A student, right. Yes. You are a student, and I think that's so important. That's a great, great lesson, I think. I mean, I used to do that when I got divorced, my personal story, and my boys would, you know, you know, parents are divorced, and why us, and why me, and all those kinds of things. Well, you know, why not you? Take it as an education. You're going to learn how to handle things that maybe you wouldn't have learned at this age, and you're going to be have a, be a lot wiser and on and on. And it worked. It's, you know, and it and it's it's actually true that uh, these challenges can make you a better person. It's the worst of times, but then the best of times. You know, trees that are in windy environment wind up having stronger branches, and you know, so this can make you a stronger person if you make it a conscious choice. You have to make it your choice to have this be the best thing that ever happened to you, you know, and and then try to find out how you can, you know, support that belief system. And a lot of what uh, resiliency psychology people talk about is uh, developing a positive explanatory story for yourself about what happened. So in the retelling, because it's also dangerous, you experience a tragedy twice, once the event itself and once how you talk about it with others. So you have to make sure that as you're talking about your experience, you really do pepper your conversation with positive beliefs about why this is actually you know, an, an, um, an experience which will aid and bet you to becoming your, your highest self. So you have to be careful about the, the, your friends and what you talk about with your friends because you can get friends who want to just, you know, repeat and reiterate the story over and over in a negative way, and that's not going to be helpful. Yeah, you have to call, find what I call your bounceable people, your support hive. And these are the people that, and you'll know them because you'll just feel happier when you're around them, you know. They'll talk to you in such a way that they'll uplift you um, and the more you can surround yourself by people like that, in fact, in happiness research studies, it just keeps coming up that happiness is about surrounding yourself with intimate friendships. And these are true friends that are really there for you and know how to say the right thing. And a lot of that is them using neuralistic um, programming on you, whether they know they're doing it or not. These are friends that say, you have it in you to go back out there and find a better relationship, or I know you're strong. You will, you know, they, they tell you positive words. So your brain gets filled with these positive words, even in a recounting of a negative story. You quote Albert Einstein, rumination keeps you stuck, and he says we can't solve problems by using the same kind of thinking we used when we created them. And that's why you have to change your energy state. And that can be by being around bounceable people, you know, the people that support you. It can be about doing things that you love, your signature strengths. I talk about this a lot in the book, about um, finding things that put you in a flow state. These are things that you're naturally talented at, but they still give you a little challenge. Um, sitting down and watching TV is not a flow state because there's no challenge involved. So it has to be something like if you like knitting or tennis, um, whatever it is that kind of turns you on, 
go out there and do that and, and you'll stimulate your brain, you'll change your energy state and that will get you to think more positively. Exercise also is a big one. Exercise has actually been shown to um, increase happiness uh, more quickly and more long-term than antidepressants. It changes your serotonin level. Yeah, it actually changes. And isn't there something else that it also, there's another chemical that it also uh, um, releases? Like I know for myself, just going out, and I think you talk about this in the Bounce Back book, just go out and take a walk. Oh, walking is good. Even just a 20-minute walk will change your energy state. And the more you're outside... You know, being around nature, being in the sun. Um, sun not only helps plants to thrive, but people too. And studies even show that if you're in the hospital and you have a bed by the window where there's a lot of sun, these people have speedier recovery time. Also, it, that, the sun thing, because also we know that people who live in climates or in places where there's 24-hour night, you know, in, in nighttime, uh, they get very depressed, you know, up in uh, northern Canada and... Uh, but you talk about also that you can actually buy lights to put it in your house that will provide the kind of light that will help yeah, you to, yeah. There are certain light bulbs like that, and um, they're called OTS, and you can Google them and find out where to get them. So, And they can change the energy in the room as well. Just keep your, make sure you keep your, your windows, you know, the shades up. And, you know, I know people that they, they just keep the shades down. I mean, what's with that? You know, keep the shades up. Get they keep the shades down and the lights off to, so that they won't uh, spend money on electricity. Ah. <laughs> then they wind up spending their money on therapy. Exactly, on a therapist. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, no, I have to tell you, my lights are on and my shades are up. Good. Yeah. Good. Well, you sound like a happy person. Uh, I have that attitude. That's why I like, but you know, but you, I mean, I, I think I do many of the things that you talk about in the Bounce Back book, but you just kind of put it all together and it's very focused and it's a, um, I, I love the book, the Bounce Back book, How to Thrive in the Face of Adversity, Setbacks and Losses, Karen Samuelson, and you can go to Karen's website at NotSalmon.com? Yeah, because my last name is Salmonson. Everybody mangles it, you know. And I mangled it. You mangled it. So you're not the first. I mean, right. I myself was like 21 before I could pronounce my own last name correctly. <laughs> but um, it's it's Salmonson, but I'm always hearing Salmonson. So I'm always going not salmon, not salmon. So rather than try to, you know, you know, make people spell the name correctly and pronounce it correctly, I just have my website as NotSalmon.com. NotSalmon.com, the bounce yeah. that book. Thanks N-O-T-S-A-L. so much for being on the show. Yeah, M-O-N.com. And I have a free little happiness newsletter there, too, that people can sign up for. Terrific. You're listening to The Catherine Zock Show. I'm your social worker with a microphone with Lauren Beller. We've been talking to Karen Salmonson. NotSalmon.com. <laughs> we'll be back in a minute. Talking about what you care about. News, relationships, health, finances. Voice America, Women's Radio Network. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style, every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Holistic living is nutrition for not just your body, but your mind and your soul. Holistic nutrition goes far beyond the foods that we eat or the supplements that we take. Discover natural means to heal your body and regain your innate healing powers. That's Holistic Living with Tina Marie Jones on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Tune in for your weekly dose of good holistic living. Let's face it, hormones happen. Whether you are male or female, hormones have an impact on your overall well-being. Dr. Hart brings to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel timely topics that answer your lifelong questions about hormones in men, women, and teens. Tune in to Optimal Wellness every Monday at 12 o'clock p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Optimal Wellness. Live life well. Live life long. Live life to the fullest. 
talk with you, not at you. We're Voice America, Women's Radio Network, the new face of talk radio. You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. Back to The Catherine Zox Show. I am Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone. I did. I only said it once. Uh, I, had, I didn't sleep well last night. I was up all night long, so that's why I can't remember what I said or what I didn't say or who I said it to. I mean, that's not such a good thing. Voice America Women's Network, Lauren Deller and Catherine Zock. So uh, what did you think? Excellent. And two very different topics on resiliency, huh? Yeah, exactly. And I want to, you know, this bounce back book, it really is, it's got all these little I call them, she calls them tips in the book, and she says that they're uh, exercises or uh, bounce-back assignments. But here's this one, Lauren. I want to talk to you about this because, I mean, you're an expert on this, too. In the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology, this is in her book, the bounce-back book. If anyone's just joining us, that's what we've been talking about today. Karen Salmonson is the author. Uh, she says that in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology, Lauren, they say that the number one contributor to well-being is not money, good looks, or popularity, fortunately for me. <laughs> no. The biggest life goodie is autonomy, defined as, quote, the feeling that your life, its activities and habits are self-chosen and self-endorsed, end of quote. Agree or don't? Interesting. Um you say the word self, they say the biggest thing is self-autonomy? Is autonomy. I mean, autonomy. A feeling that your life, what you do, your habits, your activities are self-chosen. Oh, so you're in charge of your life. In charge of your life. Yeah, I would agree with that. And it's not money, good looks, or popularity, although I would say if you have that on top of that. Oh, <laughs> icing on the cake. It's icing on the cake. But if you have... No money and you're unattractive and no one loves you. <laughs> that you sucks. Still <laughs> oh, I don't think so. But um, there's a balance there, right? Definitely. And I also don't think there's people that are like, I mean, this could be a whole other topic, but and you don't need to go off on it because I know you might. <laughs> but <laughs> you don't trust me, do you? But, you know, I think we all are attractive and it's, a, it's like making yourself attractive. You know, so that we, everybody has that going for them. They just have to do some work, you know. And some people have more work to do than others. Well, that's true. And you don't have a lot of work to do for the, in the attractive arena. That's I, I don't know. That. I don't know. Some days, <laughs> some days more work is needed than others. All right. So you're right. And you can make yourself, even if you're not really a... And, exactly. And I also think that money is, that I agree, money is a wonderful thing, but it doesn't create happiness. My ex-husband and I used to have this conversation all the time. It's not the key to happiness. No, it's not. I think there's a certain level of having money where you can live, and they they, they do say this, the uh, authorities, that if you have a, a middle-class lifestyle, that should make you happy enough. But when you start getting more money than that, it doesn't really have anything to do with how happy you are. Exactly. And, I mean, if you can't feed yourself and you can't feed your family, you're not going to Whole other issue. Yeah. Whole other, you need, yeah, you need the basics to live. Yeah. And, but, you know, the thing you said about looks making yourself more attractive – Let's say you're not that attractive. It just fits I knew you were going to go back to this. <laughs> I knew it. I want to give it. This is a wonderful tip. Uh, then you have to maybe spend a little more money to buy expensive, more expensive clothes. Perhaps you don't have a great body. Good makeup. Make sure you spend money on getting a really good hair. You know, going to a good hair salon. Those things will help, even if you don't have natural beauty. It does. I agree with that. Yeah. So, but I do think that if you don't have those things and you do have full choice and you know you have full choice over how you choose to spend your days, that's the, that's the base of what happiness is all about. And it's so important. And I think traditionally women have not felt that way. I would agree with you. That's what we're struggling with, yep. that it's our choice. And we do have choices. And I think that's the, that's the whole – that is – well, I'm obviously that's a major issue, but so that – that's what's going to make you happy, that you're, you feel in control of yourself, that you feel autonomous, mm-hmm. that someone isn't making decisions for you. Exactly. I agree with that 100%. I really, really do. And that's like your own self-responsibility and your own power and your own um, ability to make choices and decisions. Do you find in your, I mean, your business coach, you have a lot of women um, 
that you see individually and also in groups. Is that a major issue with them? Like when they come in and they're trying to enhance their business, make more money, work balance, that kind of stuff, does that come up that one of the things that they feel is like out of control or that they're, they're not autonomous? I think there's a, I believe that's true. There's at least one aspect of their life they feel that they are not in charge of. And so it depends. Okay, because there are lots that we mean, like it could be your partner, your children, your work. Yeah, I want to time. More, they want to make more money or they want to have their career be more successful, and they don't know, they don't know how to be in charge of it. So the more different parts, if you take that piece of the pie, like health and leisure time and relationships and children and what else, or not too much more than that, five or six of them, the more you feel autonomous in each one of those areas, the happier you're going to be. I think that's true. The more, I don't know, in other words, the more you feel in charge and responsible for it, the happier you're going to be. Responsible. That's, okay, explain that. Well, you know, it's really interesting because teaching this to a two-year-old, this is an interesting topic because I I struggle with, you know, there's a staying in charge of your life and being happy about your choices is critical. And, you know, Sierra will walk around and, oh, it's a happy day, Mommy. I love when she says that. It's a happy day. But then I ask her, well, what made it a happy day? And then I get nervous. Not nervous is not the right word. Like, is she, are we saying, like, so many adults in the world that, you know, it's a happy day because this one's playing with her today. And that's what makes it a happy day. Because even if that one wasn't playing with her, is it still a happy day? You know, does that make sense? Well, are you saying that happy has to come from within? Exactly. Like, versus food ex- exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, in other words, rather than having it be so externally geared, it's really an, it, happiness is an internal thing. And I think, I really think at 42, I think that I, I've been saying this all my life, but I think I'm really getting it to a different level of my being these days. You know, the, the happiness, happiness factor? Is, yeah, that it really, not, not the happiness of where it comes from. You know, it really, really doesn't come from anything on the outside. It comes from the inside. And knowing on the inside that you've made choices and decisions to get to exactly where you are today, for better or for worse, those decisions were yours. I would agree with you. I think, though, that I don't totally, I think, don't you think that there, I mean, there are external things that can push you to your breaking point. Absolutely. You are a happy, you tend to be a happy person. I would say both you and I have that kind of an attitude. Mm -hmm. Would you? Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. But, I mean, there are things that could bring us to the breaking point. <laughs> In other words, wreck our days. Yeah. Yeah, but there's, I guess these days I'm noticing that there's less stuff that I let wreck my day because it doesn't matter. It's so much out there that I realize it's not so significant. That's a good attitude, and I think you can wake up in the morning. I interviewed somebody on Monday who was talking about not mindful meditation but just being mindful. Uh-huh. And I and I, you and I have talked about that. Like when you wake up in the morning, just being aware of who you are, and 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 just breathing, and you know, before you get out of bed, and just be mindful that you're grateful for the day, and you're grateful for just being here, and that kind of sets off a happy day. Or, exactly, it does. A yeah. happy day, and it's so simple. It is so simple, and I, that's what the thing. Just, I always think that I, I really think I need to write a book called, you know, being happy in life is really simple. <laughs> Because I think we make so much. I'll co-author it with you. Wouldn't we'll it be fun? We'll make a million dollars, and then we, we'll really be happy. <laughs> <laughs> because it, we make it, all, like, we get so caught up in stuff that really has no meaning. And, you know, I was remembering a number of years ago, this was a long time, like, back in 2000, 2001, I was at a conference, and I was in the hotel room by myself, which is my favorite. I love to go on away and be in a hotel room by myself. So I was at a hotel room by myself, and I was brushing my teeth, and I had this amazing epiphany. I'll never forget where I was. I was in Rhode Island. And um, the epiphany was that everything mattered and nothing does. And we're going to end on that epiphany because I think that's a perfect ending to the show, (laughs) especially since we have no time left. (laughs) Let's write the book. Catherine Zox and Lauren Bellers, you know, stay tuned. Maybe within the next year we'll, what is it? What was the title of the book? Life is really simple. Life is really simple. No, Catherine, being happy is really simple. Being happy is really simple. Catherine Zox, Lauren Deller, Voice America Women's Network. Have a great day. And Lauren and I will see you next week.
We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of The Catherine Zox Show. You can listen live every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Want to know more about Catherine? Visit her website at www.catherinezox.com. Be sure to join us next week for more interviews and great conversation with Catherine Zox.